Oh, it's cracking, lovely people. Welcome back to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. Oh, it's mega to have your ears, your attention, your concentration. Thanks so much for taking the time out of my day, my day, your day, and listening to the show. It's been a while. I'm back. I got married. It's uh, summer 2021. And if you're a new listener, then look back after this episode. I've recorded over 160 shows. The pod usually focuses on nutrition, movement and outdoor experiences. And it'll be brilliant if you could subscribe, if you could share. Hopefully, if you find something useful, someone else will find something useful. And it's the only way, really, that the show will grow. So I've been working with 33 Fuels since the start of the podcast. And 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. I've used all of their products. I've used their energy drink during my bimbles when I'm using my bike. I've used their chia seed energy gels on all of my ultra marathons. Natural stuff, chia seeds, uh, coconut sugar, um, you add water, you could add cold coffee. Um, I've used their protein powders before and after workouts, and they now have energy bars and protein bars. The energy bars especially, they're high calorie, they're tasty, um, they seem to sit well with me. So go check them out. You can find a link in the show notes, and please use MAT10 at checkout for 10% off your first order. Okay, today I'm speaking with John aka try coaching on instagram so john's been involved in swimming for the last 25 years and has competed at national and international levels within this period he's been a swim coach and taught for the last 15 years including multiple national finalists and championships he took up triathlon 10 years ago successfully competing at four european age group championships with the best place of fourth in 2012 um, in Israel, that is mega. Um, he has knowledge and first-hand experience of racing all distances, a triathlon, can't wait to get into that. From super sprint to Ironman, um, having started with the intention of just doing a couple of races for fun. So he started coaching triathlons and running in the last six years. So without me bimbling on, lovely people, I think we just need to get into the show. Meet John and I hope you find something useful. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Mate, it's excellent to have you on, um, and you know we're early morning on a Friday as well. You're looking a lot fresher than me, so that's that's pretty good. Um, and I think just maybe to give the listeners a little bit of a, some context, we met recently, didn't we, at a, an event in London um, yeah. for 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 like a, a Swiss kind of running clothing brand, um, and just hit it off. So, mate, I appreciate you taking the time having a conversation with us today. So, yeah, mate, how are you? Where are you in the world? Uh, my my pleasure. Um, you know, I. Just, I, so I work a little bit part time for On, um, outside of being a triathlon coach, so swimming, running, and endurance coaching. Um, and so yeah, getting this done before going in to do a bit of work for On again in the lab. Um, it was great meeting you a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's uh, working with On is great because you get to meet people from all sorts of different walks of life, whether that's people when you were working alongside like yourself, obviously when you were talking at the uh, the launch of the Performance Lab, or whether it's punters coming in, um, you get absolutely, you really do get all sorts and it, it's it's really interesting and it's one of the things I love about my job, uh, doing what I do. Mm. And it's just well, it's not communicating things in a in a like absolute simple and basic way, but a lot of the time it's you it's you kind of translating your experience as a coach, you know, some of the science that you've read into into practice really, and that's how we connected almost straight away talking about keeping things simple with nutrition and um you know there was a lot going on in that lab, a lot of analysis, and it was it was hard to cut through, but uh, you were kind of there 
just um, stripping things back for people, weren't you? learn the really important stuff that you need to do whether it's with nutrition like you do uh whether it's sporting and coaching like you do or anything else the the skill of a, a good practitioner whatever your uh, um in that anybody can understand because we all understand things differently and it's one of the things i really love as a challenge um you know i teach when i'm teaching swimming i teach people who are complete beginners and scared of the water and i teach I've been fortunate to coach some uh, Olympians and Paralympians and essentially you're teaching teaching exactly the same stuff I'm sure you'll say the same you know nutrition doesn't change realistically the broad brushstrokes don't change whoever you whoever you're coaching Uh, you know whether I'm talking running shoes to someone or whether I'm talking learn to swim or, or, or improving that swim to find that extra and mate you've been obviously working in swimming for a long time but are you are you seeing a real surge i'm finding i'm speaking to people uh you know some are trying a lot more wild swimming if that's the right term or obviously when pools open back up after lockdown you know people just dive back in you know excuse the pun and just it helped with their with their mental health and and i think you know it seems to be growing in popularity so obviously you're very well placed like you said you work from elite sport mm. all the way down to people just inquiring to get better at technique for fun. Um, but like, how, how are you finding that, mm. you know, that sport at the moment? And is it, is it, is it an exciting time? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I've been teaching swimming for 20 years now. Um, and then it wasn't something I ever expected to be doing as a full-time job. And obviously things have been quite challenging through COVID. Uh, think the one, one of the things that I did during the middle of COVID, I did some virtual swimming lessons for kids of either friends or um, clients because they had benches that they could swim on and they weren't able to get to swimming lessons or they weren't able to get to swimming clubs. So that was quite fun. But since things have started opening up in April, the amount of people that are finding time to, to do things for themselves, I think that's probably the, the best way of putting it, people are making time for themselves, which I think up until the last 18 months hasn't been a priority. And as you said, wild swimming has had a massive growth in, in terms of people finding it good for their mental health and physical health. You know, there's a, there's a big thing that's been scientifically proven about the, the health benefits of cold water for both men, mind and body. Um, and so I'm finding, I, I'm getting people who are maybe scared of the water or haven't learned, haven't done any swimming since they were at school, which might have been 20 years ago, might have been 40 years ago. And yes, I, I do, I'm still dealing with, dealing with a lot of competitive swimmers, but I'm dealing with people who want to just swim to keep fit, to keep healthy and, and, and just swim easily. And, and it's great. I, it really does give me a lot of joy and a lot of excitement seeing someone come out of the water with a smile on their face. Mm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And like you said, once they take that first leap or they get in, they, they submerge themselves and they start moving and they're moving a bit um, maybe more freely than they would if they're doing some kind of um, run or, or cycle or hike or something like that. It's, it's massively liberating. So yeah. do, you, do you travel to different spots or do you have a few places that, that you coach out of? Or like you said, if you've got private clients, you might move to go 
to see them? Like, how does the actual physical swimming coaching work for you now, mate? Um, predominantly, I'm based in Bristol. Um, my partner is in South London, and I'm in the process of looking for somewhere in South London to teach out of. Um, so, if anybody knows any any pools, any health clubs that are either don't have any swimming lessons or have uh, space to have hiring, then then please let me know. Hmm. Um, but at the moment, I have about four different venues around Bristol that I teach out of in various different ways. Whether it's hiring a lane in a in a bigger pool or a main pool. Um, or in uh, a leisure club, a health club um, that, that has space. And I suppose, to be perfectly honest, the space itself doesn't really matter. As long as the, there's enough room to swim at least five or six strokes, which for an elite swimmer might be 12, 13 metres, but for the majority of normal people, that might be that might be less than ten meters. So one of the pools I teach in is a uh, it's in a private house. I mean it's a lovely house and the pool is amazing. The pool's be about ten meters long, but for most normal people that's plenty because actually we can do lots of repetition and we can do high quality repetition to to repeat um, good habits and it gives people confidence and it also means that you're never too far from the edge. So if you've got someone who is a little less confident, then that's great. And not too warm. Even for someone who feels like they can, they feel like they can swim, but swimming is survival for them. Actually putting your head in the water and, and doing something different can be really disconcerting. Um, we will struggle with uncertainty. Right, people, we're back. Sorry about that. A few technical issues, mind. Um, John, please continue to continue to um, yeah discuss. You were talking about obviously um, when you're when you're teaching and coaching the the pools or basically you know some some of the lengths that people are swimming. They don't have to be as long because you're looking for quality reps. You're yeah. making sure they feel safe in the space as well. I think that's a really important point. And so yeah. I'll let you carry on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have my own therapy, um, just you know, men, mental therapy to look after a couple of things. Um, and one of the things I've really learned, and it's, you know, it, it helps me reflect back on the coaching I do, is, is helping people feel safe. You know, whatever it is you're doing, you're always going to do it better if you feel safe in that environment. And safe can mean so many different things. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that a pool is only a metre deep or it's only 10 metres long, that only is in, is like in inverted commas. It helps people, it gives people that security. And I talked to people who are a little bit scared of the water. If they could float in a metre of water, they could float in 10 metres of water. Mm. They can float in the sea. That doesn't necessarily mean they're completely safe because obviously there's other considerations. But it means that you should have a little bit more confidence in the skills that you have because it doesn't matter how much water is below you. Uh, essentially, you're doing exactly the same thing. Mm. Um, I remember reading, there was, um, I think it's Adi Adepitan, um, I think he used to be a Paralympic basketball player off the top of my head, but he, I think, presented Blue Peter and some of the, he does a lot of stuff for um, BBC. Um, and he for sports relief maybe six or eight years ago, something like that, he swam across the Mariana Trench, I believe. Don't quote me on this because I can't remember the exact hmm. 
but he, he only, in inverted commas, swam 400 metres. 400 metres for a large percentage of people is not very far. But the fact was he was swimming over 11,000 metres worth of water. And I know some incredibly good swimmers, some people who swam up international level or very close to it, who struggle with swimming in open water because they can't see what's below them. Mm. And so the idea that you can swim in any depth of water should be okay. But again, it comes back to that safety, that idea of knowing what's around you plays a big part. And so one, learning to swim for anyone to challenge, and then two, for finding that safety and feeling like you can do it. I mean, that must have been an absolute, well, one, an experience, but two, must have been really, I was going to swear, then, must have been messing with his head. <laughs> because, quite frankly, you don't know what's down there. You know, we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about the bottom of the ocean. So, um, yeah, that idea of safety and, and, and finding that in a pool before you go into some open water and build on that is, is, is quite strong. Well, it's a really interesting insights, but and from your point of view, how how did you get into it? Were you, were you kind of thrown into water as a kid? Do you know, did 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 you kind of swim with friends and family, or um, you know, was it something you got into? I know, obviously, you do triathlons and things. So, was it was it one of the modalities that you ended up kind of having to do, and then you started to love? Like, how 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 did it all go for you? So the, the bit that I learned, that I had to learn to love for triathlon was running, funnily enough, even though I've worked for a running shoe company now for, uh, well, various different shoe companies for the last 12, 13 years. Now, I, I learned to swim when I was five. My I grew up in Hertfordshire, not far from the Grand Union Canal. And whilst I know it's probably only a metre or two metres deep at any one point, my parents said, you know, and we grew up near reservoirs as well, so my parents were like, you fall in one of those, you need to learn how to swim, you, know, you need to learn how to swim. So I went to swimming lessons. Um, and very much, um, I was listening to Adam Peaty talking after the Olympics this year. Uh, I was very much like him. I kicked and screamed and refused to get in the water for the first couple of lessons. Um, and some morning sessions now, it probably feels not dissimilar <laughs> when it's cold and uh, early in the morning. But I, after a couple of sessions, I got to the end of swimming lessons, age probably seven or close to eight and join a local club and I've basically swum since then. Uh, I've been very fortunate to swim at international level uh, through my teens and early twenties and my coach when I was 15 basically paid for us to get our my first coaching qualifications because his view was that if we could teach little kids to do these things uh, then it would help us understand the coaching points ourselves and swim better and it's something that I really feel uh, works for me. And actually, again, it highlights the idea that, you know, you're teaching little kids to float on their front or, or do these kicks. And then it is exactly the same stuff you're teaching to them as you're teaching to adults. Again, it, the, the language you use might change. You know, you're talking about to kids about being really pointy rocket shaped. Um, with, with adults, you're talking about being aerodynamic and streamlined. It's exactly the same, but the language just changes. So yeah, I've been teaching since I was 15. Um, and then I started doing triathlon when I was 22. So yeah, 12, 13 years ago. And I've been coaching triathlon since 2010 now. That's uh, when I got my qualification. So I've done various different qualifications. Um, 
and I love it. I, it's it, it's something that I've been doing full time for eight years now, and I really didn't believe. I didn't really think that there would be a business for it, but one of the things I learned, I did a business course about four or five years ago, and they said one of the things they taught you was to pitch your business and to have that within that pitch to have some stats. And so I did a bit of research and found that 40% of kids under 14, sorry, 40% of 14-year-olds can't swim more than 25 meters, and it's something like 25% of adults either can't can't swim or are scared of the water. And with things like triathlon and, as you say, with the open water wild swimming growing and growing in popularity, that's a massive, as you say, massive market from a business point of view, but a massive pool of people that need, and I get no pun intended, massive pool of people that need to learn how to swim and swim easier or, or learn to swim in the first place, um, which has really given me a, a bedrock of people that I can work with and help. You know, it's, it's great to make a living out of what I do and enjoy what I do. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. But actually, uh, one of the things I, I love is absolutely love helping people. And so to, to marry the two together is brilliant. And especially when I can help people enjoy something that I've taken so much joy and so much pleasure from in the last 30 years. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where now that more people, like you said, are getting into... Uh, swimming and triathlons and I think it's it's incredible they have such experienced coaches especially down in you know the Bristol area well I'll probably ask you in a minute mate about how you're getting on with your remote coaching and obviously you had to kind of adapt to some of that as well yeah because um, obviously when we met I was jumping onto your Instagram seeing you know some of your how-to videos and and yeah. you cover a lot of key topics in video form and that's the way obviously everything's going now so you have to adapt yeah. as a coach but I think it is it's brilliant and more more and more people who if they are starting to try some of these events and do some of these things um they shouldn't feel bad about seeking a coach it's yeah okay it's a luxury in some ways financially but there's there's a lot of affordable well you know well qualified experienced individuals who even if you just see for a few technique sessions or just getting around the kind of mental side of like you said the confidence of swimming or running on a trail or something like that it makes a massive difference and the majority of us if you're listening to this the majority of us offer um you know first up free conversations information you know via websites or phone calls or things like that so Mm. i always implore people just to inquire you know do your research and inquire with coaches a lot of the time we want to help people and if we connect um with you and and you know we feel like we're going to gel well together you feel like you're going to gel well with us it's not a literally inquire and you and you and you start having to send us money straight away. You know, we actually get to know you and we and we go through quite a few things and it's uh, yeah, it's a really useful process even if you don't end up working with us. So. Oh, hundred percent. I and and again, it's something I'm sure that you do yourself. If some, you know, you use the you talked about remote coaching. Um, it's a little bit different, I suppose, for the one-to-one swim coaching. But if I have a conversation with someone about their training and what I might do. One of the things I encourage them to do is speak to other coaches because you know it is a luxury and it's also about the relationship you build. And if you feel that you don't get on with someone, you know, I, I could speak to you, Matt, and we got on very well, fortunately, which is why we're having this conversation now. Uh, but if I spoke to you about nutrition and I thought, actually, he knows his stuff, but I'm not sure I can get on with him, 
you know, I'm not going to be as inclined to follow your 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 advice and your encouragement and, and what you give me. And I know several triathlon coaches that I get on very well with. Um, and it just because I know what works for me so when you are having any sort of assistance from, from someone especially if you're paying for it part of it is that relationship and it makes a very big difference um, and, and yeah you know like, like you said I, I, I want to try and help via social media as well you know, video is, is very difficult like I, I enjoy it and it's a very it's, it's an interesting one and understand about swimming and what people then think they want to learn about and understand themselves um, because there's so much out there and there's so many opportunities and so often options and again I think that's probably true of any sphere and any any um, area of understanding um, but you're bridging the gap though mate aren't you in a way you bridge yeah. the gap like uh, obviously you can go onto your website and, and look at your services and things like that and people who have been lucky to brush shoulders with you at the on event and other and other events in person you know you can start to yes. have have a bit of a look at your style but then if you go on to the instagram and things you you lay it all out there you know you can see your style the way you communicate and you're picking topics and you're very clear like this is this is my area of expertise you know this yes. this is something i have experience in but you know here's here's my take um and you know you can look at it, you can you can understand it, and then it takes the pressure off. Some people will think, wow, you know, that's interesting. He's an experienced coach, and this is what he has to say, yeah. and I'll go away and do my own research and things like that. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's simple, and you communicate things really well. And, and I think the good thing is about those kind of social media platforms, if people like it, they'll stay in touch. If not, yes. you know, they'll move on, um, and, it, and it is what it is. And, you know, you probably filter through inquir- inquiries and stuff through Instagram, same as me, and sometimes... You know, people do look for stuff for free, um, but other yes. times, you know, you'll, you you get a referral and, you know, things work out really well and you're like, oh, I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad I put that together or did that or, um, you know, yeah. put, put that, that video out there. It took a little while, but it's it's yes. allowed me to connect with a few people or another another sports club or, or an organisation or something. So do you like, do you enjoy, are you adapting because of that's the sense of the times or do you, you know, do you quite enjoy the filming aspect of it now? How are you finding it? I, I enjoy I enjoy it. It's a lot of work, um, and I think it's quite difficult. Uh, um, it, it's challenging from the point of view that if, uh, if I want to do something, doing it, and I have to demonstrate it dry land as, as I would do if I was coaching it. What I would like to do is actually film a bit more in the water and then be able to narrate over the top of it or split screen over the top of it so that I can explain it. That's that's probably the challenge that I have most at the moment because you have to be very careful filming in a swimming pool for, I, I would hope, for fairly obvious reasons. And it means that if I wanted to do that sort of thing, I have to. to be able to make uh, a decent video especially for us on my instagram where i have to be very so that, that's probably my biggest challenge but i you know there's so there's so many things that i can do just in front of my camera at home so 
as long as it doesn't come across too dry and as long as I communicate it okay that's that's not too bad I'm not a great one for listening to my own voice but I think that's the, probably the case for a lot of us yeah but like you said it's, it's finding a way of communicating a lot of these things over and, and sometimes on video even if someone's just scrolling through you know they they might pick up a coaching point um, they might take a bit of a feeler um, and think that they need to contact you or they might have tried something in the pool um, and thought oh you know what that that little snippet has, has really really helped um, yes. and even you know some people then might not necessarily um, watch the video you know they might they might like to read some of the points and things you're putting in there you know some of the details in in the description box below and things like that and then that might yes. lead to them you know, reading a blog of yours or giving, you know, giving you a quick call or something like that. So I think yes. that's it. Someone might be in the right frame of mind for coaching um, and, you know, they jump onto what you're doing and it's and it's very clear. Um, and hopefully it's not that you're keeping things basic, but there are so many moving parts with swimming, with triathlon and, and people just want, you know, they want to feel comfortable. They want to they want to progress. But, yeah, they just want to reduce a lot of decision fatigue as well, because you can get lost, can't you? We haven't even got on to your, you know, your cycling, your running, things like that. But I think when people hear it, um, you know, they, they get worried that everything's very technical um, and, and unachievable. Yes. Yeah, making yourself make again. Um, I don't profess to be a dietitian or, or nutrition. I've done some nutrition, basic nutrition qualifications, but I don't find I have the confidence beyond the very, very broad brush strokes to be able to recommend on that. Um, but as you say, there are so many moving parts, and or what you actually want as a customer or as a client is to have it broken down so it's simple. So uh, you, you use the word decision fatigue. Or concentration fatigue, I think that's so important. So, mate, I think maybe a quick one because obviously I've got you. I can from a you know a bit of a, a selfish point of view, and maybe the listeners would be interested too. Um, yeah. How you find because obviously you coach across uh the, the you know the different distances with with triathlons and yes. um you've probably had to you know go through this quite a bit with people before and when you present and stuff like that as well but i think it'd be nice to get an insight from you if you go from you know for a few minutes from the sprint triathlon all the way up to the ironman and you don't have to obviously list distances and things for the listeners but how you find um yeah working at each you know each kind of uh stage of of someone's um racing career probably isn't the right term but i'm sure you've worked with someone who um you know an everyday athlete not a professional athlete who's mm. jumped onto a sprint triathlon and then over years they've built up to the big one you know the massive yes. one so like how you find found working with someone and you know they basically built their running their cycling their swimming up tenfold and they're going from you know competing for an hour or so hour and a half up to God, some people it takes what like you know 15 16 hours 17 hours for some of these Ironmans so I think some of the listeners might not know too much about some of these distances so it'd be good to get a few of your experiences maybe draw on a couple of experiences I know that's putting you on the spot a bit but yeah um, I think uh, it's I think really interesting if you're looking at someone who's doing a super sprint um, which is the shortest distance you might find for a triathlon you could be doing anything as short as 200 meters in the water I mean a super sprint could go up to 400, maybe 500 meters, which could be a pool-based triathlon. Uh, you're probably looking at around 10k on the bike, uh, but anything up, anything short of 20k fits into that uh, limit. And then again, you're looking at shorter 5k, 
So when you go for a sprint distance triathlon, which you might see some of the elites do, it's a 7.50 swim, 20k bike, and a 5k run. And I would say anybody can, can do a super sprint triathlon with a bit of confidence. And in terms of training for that, well, it, it, across the board, it's, it's about consistency, it's about regularity. It's what can you do on a regular basis. And if that's one session a week, that's all you can do. But if you can do that consistently, you can still make uh, gains and improvements. They're not going to be as big because you're not doing as much regularly. Um, but you, if you're doing it consistently, you will improve. Uh, and I think when you're training for your first event, it's more about confidence. It's more about technique. It's more about uh, familiarity than it is about anything else. As you start to work up towards a sprint or an Olympic distance, which is what we you'd have seen in Tokyo if you watched it, which is a 1500 meter swim, 40k bike, and a 10k run. That's when you start wanting to vary the intensity of what you do across the week. In an ideal world, you'll do a couple of sessions of each sport in a week, um, theoretically with a bit of mobility or strength in there as well. Swimming, you can include technique across every session. You don't have to do specific uh, technical sessions or drill sessions. But starting off every session with a few drills and your warm up can really wake you up for doing a longer, steadier, more aerobic swim or some more intervals. Cycling, again, varying that training. A lot of people will use the turbo trainer uh, or a gym static trainer because it allows you to work solidly for 45 minutes to an hour without having to worry about traffic, without worrying about stopping for lights and everything else. Um, but a longer ride on a weekend, you know, you can you can still do a ride and go uh, it's something that can help with enjoyment and 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 keeping things social. And another thing is, you know, we we do all this training, and and sometimes people forget. That it's supposed to be fun, like we're doing it. And people enter events because they're made to do it. We're back, lovely people. Sorry again, another technical issue, but um, yeah, John was just building up and um, mate, I think you jumped out after sp- speaking about the sprint triathlons and getting onto the Olympic distance triathlons and just some of the nuance around, um, yeah, obviously uh, the, the technique side of things, but um, you're just trying to push the enjoyment too as the yes. intensity, the volume, you know, the, uh, you know, often when people are training in this kind of off season in the winter and things like that and stuff's getting hard, you've got to kind of concentrate on why you're doing it and not just yeah. beat yourself up. Yes. Yeah, very much so. I think it's really important to do sessions you enjoy. You know, everybody's got particular sessions they enjoy and particular sessions they don't like. You know, whether it's the, the really hard, brutal sessions. Some people absolutely love that. You know, <laughs> there is something that feels good. It might be type two kind of fun. It feels good afterwards. You can't do all that all the time because your body will just break down. And similarly, if you just do the long, slow, steady stuff, it's nice and it's easy and it's it's steady and it feels nice to do, but you'll be stuck with one pace and you won't necessarily get quicker. And actually, the best way to get fitter and stronger is to have that combination of the two. 
um, and, and I think it helps keep that enjoyment and the variety is great for keeping your brain engaged as well uh, you know that's that's where things like running on treadmills or running on trails can be great because you can really mix things up and running on the road can be a bit soul destroying sometimes um, and then obviously you can work up you know you don't have to go longer you can always try and go faster um, again I've been fortunate enough to race at GBA group level um, at Olympic distance or standard distance I've done a couple of longer distance races it's not something that I enjoy quite so much partly with the amount of training and partly with the amount of recovery that comes with it and also being a swimmer the swim is very much a, a shorter part of, of the day whereas if you're looking at an Ironman it's maximum of maybe 10% of your day, whereas in an Olympic distance triathlon, it's probably 20% of your day. Um, but if you're looking at Ironman racing, um, then you're looking at, as you said, sort of potentially up to 15, 16 hours worth of a competitive day. You know, the fastest guys are doing it in under 10 hours, maybe even under nine hours if you're an elite. And that's where you need to start looking at having space in your week to do longer runs and longer rides. And this is where I think if you're, if you're a single person, it makes it very easy to go and do all these things. If you are in a relationship, you need the support of the people around you because again, you know, I say we do this for fun, but if you've got a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, family at home and you're doing a six seven hour ride on a weekend that's great but it cuts down on the time that you get to spend with the family so in the times when you're not training it's really important to give back to them because you know that partner of yours is probably cooking dinner for you when you come back tired or looking after the kids and life is that balance and again you know we most of us 99 percent of us aren't getting paid to do this so it's not worth trying to stress your relationships beyond maybe a four or five month period to to, to go and chase this when there's nothing wrong with going and doing it you know i, I like i said i've done a couple of iron distance races myself but you've got to understand why you're doing it what are you trying to challenge what are you trying to push to go and do a quicker iron man you know, is training 12 months a year every year really worthwhile? I'm not sure whether I've lost you there again. No, we're still there. No, mate, that's, oh. fun. that's fantastic. I can tell, you know, you're taking that 30,000 foot view, as I say sometimes, on people's situation, their life yes. load, and obviously if they come to you with a goal, um, you're not just going through, right, okay, let's allocate time for training, um, let's think about how you're going to recover. It's also about your life load, you know, your, your situation, um, what you're doing um, work-wise or family-wise or what your commitments are because as they transition and, you know, I, I assume they'll do pretty yeah, well working yeah. with you, you'll... Um, what's it, 168 hours a week? Uh, and if you're working normal for... Oh, he's gone again. Right, lovely people, we'll try and get them back. Here we go. I just got you back there. Yeah, we're in. Don't worry, I haven't stopped. We're still rolling, so... Sorry, I lost you for uh, 10 seconds there, so... Yeah, absolutely fine. I was literally just talking about how you, you take that 
step back and uh, you know not only think about where the person yes. needs to schedule in their training but um, the life load and you know their commitments yes. their recovery time and as they start to progress to these longer distances you know the why the reason why they're doing it because things are going to get tough so yeah. I think that's a really important message mate because it's you know it's, a lot of this stuff's presented as being very sexy online isn't it it's like right yeah. bite down on the mouth guard you're gonna have to work hard here yeah. and <clears throat> more people you speak to people all they want to do is either go faster or go longer and if yes. you're if you're just maintaining you're just seen seen as being a bit rubbish so um yeah. you know if you're doing some of these events you're listening to this and you're still managing the rest of your life then that you know that's a massive win that's fantastic yeah yeah like i say use the the 40 to 45 of those and you're sleeping, hopefully, you know, the ideal somewhere in the, in the region of seven to eight hours of sleep, that's 56, 60, well, yeah, around 50 to 60 hours a week you're sleeping. Mm. That leaves you 40 or oh, 60 odd hours, sorry, of eating, transport, time with friends uh, or other socialising, you know, time with your significant other, and then you've got training on top of that. Uh, that's, a, that's a big push on your time. Um, and and it's being smart with how you do things and especially when people go longer but not only for that people think they've got to do more and I think sometimes it's doing more with what you have rather than just doing more of the same is important Hmm. no definitely yeah, mate, that makes that makes a lot of sense it was nice it was nice to get into the kind of overall picture of triathlons in a way rather than maybe diving into something super specific that might yeah. be on trend at the moment to get your hot take on it because obviously yeah. with an experienced coach it's it's about managing managing their clients their expectations so I think that was really clear thanks mm. um mate I know I know you've got your you know you've got your on event to get to you know I've got you obviously out of bed early on a Friday so I really appreciate it I was in the it. gym at half five or six o'clock this morning so oh easy wow get it done early so oh, wow. I'm quite happy Oh, cool. All right. Well, look, mate, how can people keep in touch with you? They, you know, they might be listening to this. It's the first time they, you know, they've, they've found out about yourself or that, you know, there might be people listening to this that we've got mutual contacts. They might have seen you at the on event or, you know, stuff that you've done online. But how can people keep in touch and, and you know, direct people over? Um, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm try underscore coaching. That's T-R-I underscore coaching. Um, my website is www.try-coaching.co.uk. Um, and the email address is john at try-coaching.co.uk. And, you know, if you've got questions, ping them over. I'm, I'm always happy to try and answer things, even if it's just something basic. Uh, if it's something that requires a little bit more time and thought, maybe we can have a proper call and, and have a chat about things. Um, but if I can help, then I absolutely will do. Brilliant. And, you know, you've got uh, spaces at the moment if people are inquiring and active, you because obviously you sound very busy, but, you know, yeah, what's what's the uh, kind of bums on seat situation? And sort of coaching side of things, yeah, I've got, I think I've got two, possibly three, well, I've got a third spot opening up next month because someone's coming to the end of their racing. Um, and then from, from a teaching point of view, if anybody's in the West Country at the moment, I have a fair few slots on a normal weekly basis uh, available. 
Um, but like I said, if anybody's got any recommendations of calls that I could potentially hit up to, to try and get in and coach with in South London, that'd be great because uh, that would help me a lot. And, and I think hopefully might help a lot of people. Well, I would like to help a lot of people from that point of view. Amazing. I do. I've got well. I've got a few London listeners, so you never know, mate. It's always worth Fingers giving crossed. that shout out. So, hundred um, percent. Brilliant. So, yeah, mate. Thanks so much for your time. And um, you know, we obviously hit it off and had that short form conversation. So it's so nice on a podcast form to be able to just elaborate a bit. You know, forty minutes of just getting a, a short window into your experience, your passion. You know, you're obviously trying to push enjoyment, but also technical yeah. prowess. Um, and you know it's it's great to have someone that I can refer to as well who you know lives and breathes this not only as 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 a, as a swim coach you know an athlete but um, you know working with people in triathlons as well because it's just it's exploding mate so it's it's great to have you as a contact and if you're listening lovely people don't don't hesitate to reach out to John, you know, if you've got any questions uh, about um, things that I'm doing and things like that as well. Um, we, we're here, I always say it, I bang on about it. Um, don't be afraid to get in touch and um, yeah. yeah, we'll have, we'll have a, a chat with you and if, if we can't help, we'll know someone who can. Absolutely. Cool. All right, mate. Well, uh, take care, lovely people. Um, thanks for listening. Obviously had a bit of a break, but I really appreciate you uh, committing and listening to the show and sending me comments and as always, um, with 33 Fuel, you can get 10% off their, uh, your first order with them by using Matt 10 at checkout, so their natural uh, sports nutrition products. So take care and, um, yeah, have a great week. Cheers, guys.